Today, uh, we have discussed, we are going to discuss 7th Canto 9th chapter, text number 47. And this chapter has 54 or 53, I think. So this is 47. So after that, we'll be, we'll be left with only 6 or 7 verses of this chapter. Which has been dedicated to Shri Prabhupada. And as I told, today is a very important day. Today is the incorporation day of Fiskon. And in 1966, 13 July, Prabhupada incorporated this internal society for Krishna consciousness in New York. So we'll discuss something about that also. This is an important day for all of us. Let us read today's verse. So Prahlad Balaj is continuing to offer his prayers to Narasimhare. So this verse रूप इमेसद असतीतव वेद सस्ते बीन्जा अंकुर इवा नचान्यत अनुरप अनुरपक्षे युक्ता समक्षम उभयत प्रविचक्षदेत्वम योगे न वाहनी इवतर्षु नान्यत स्यादि प्रार्थना स्टेलिंग By authorized Vedic knowledge, one can see that the forms of cause and effect in the cosmic manifestation belong to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. For the cosmic manifestation is His energy. Both cause and effect are nothing but energies of the Lord. Therefore, O oh my Lord, just as a wise man, by considering cause and effect, can see how fire pervades wood, those engaged in devotional service understand how you are both the cause and the effect. So if you remember one of the previous sessions also we had a topic uh, cause and effect and that we have discussed in that in that session that how this material world is actually nothing but a series of reaction the chase of, chain of action and reaction cause and effect that means there is a cause there is an effect and effect is basically is a result of some cause and cause itself is an effect of something. Just like if we are, we are feeling hot, so we will switch on fan. So by using air, we will feel a little comfortable. What is the cause of this air? The cause of the air is this fan. What is the cause of fan? Why fan is moving? The cause of the fan moving is electricity. And if, what is the cause of electricity? The electricity's cause is like we have some powerhouse like that. Similarly, when we go into more detailed understanding, ultimately we see that everything is dependent on something else. There is nothing like uh, a thing is absolute in the material world. It is very difficult to find out what is the absolute cause. And that's why when we read Vedic literature, Vedic literature and Vedic understanding, we find this world called as, called as absolute truth a lot. But Prabhupada, many times he used this word called as absolute truth. If you read Prabhupada, who's carefully, that's why uh, this, the understanding which is given by Acharyas and Parampara is very, very important. Thing. So Prabhupada will never write absolute truth with like, like normal word. He will always keep absolute truth with capital A and capital T. Absolute truth A will be capital and truth T will be capital. You will always see. That way Prabhupada is giving a specific, specific significance to this word called as absolute truth. And sometimes people think that God and absolute truth both are same. 
yes if you have proper understanding that who is ultimate god then both are same also for you but generally god the word god what we hear in our scriptures uh that had many many times used in different 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 places for different different effects just like the word atma atma means body also atma means mind also and atma means sometimes senses also so it is not that atma has any single meaning so which word which meaning will be applicable on that particular condition that is we can understand only and only by when we take knowledge from bona fide sources that's why people get so much confused after reading vedic literature sometimes they see prabhu uh, how to believe whom to believe which which purana is correct this purana is telling this that purana is telling something else this vedha is telling this that vedha is telling something else how to understand and sometimes apparently looks like there are some contradictions also so that's why for a common man who does not have proper understanding of the scriptures and who does not have read sanskrit also as well so for them it is very difficult to directly go into vedas and understand so that's why it is mentioned the mahabharata itself as we discussed earlier sessions also this verse that how to understand this knowledge it is not that i can read bhagavad gita i can read scriptures and i can understand no <laughs> so that's why it is mentioned tarko pratishta you cannot understand by logic if a person is very very has very good logical understanding and he is uh, very intelligent he can understand no tarko pratishta you cannot understand by logic because the moment you understand by logic tomorrow some other person may come and he may give some different logic and more more appealing logic so that time your logic will not work so you will be confused again so by logic you cannot understand tarko pratishta shutva vibhinna and shutva vibhinna means the vedic literature also talks about very many things just like some people they say when i read you know shiva puran shiva is called as supreme when i read devi puran devi is called as supreme correct so that people get confused and ultimately they are not able to understand or the other understanding what we have generally in india is yes everyone is same whether you worship this god or that god whether you worship shiva you worship ganesha you worship krishna or you worship some other god everything is same so this the other extreme understanding people have so tarko pratishta is not possible shutva vibhinna is also not possible because veda talks about many many people many many kind of gods also and vedas are actually meant for all kind of people they are not addressing only one section of people that's why vedas also as uh, are they are into categorized in different different ways there are vedas in the mode of goodness vedas in the mode of passion and moda vedas which are the people from the mode of ignorance just like black magic and everything that also mentioned the vedas and puranas so uh so tarko pratishta you cannot understand by tark logic shuti abhi bhinna you cannot understand by shuti as also because vedas also talk about very many things and nasha mani nasha muni asse matam na bhinna that means there are many many munis many many thinkers just like uh, even vedic understanding also will find different different uh, philosophies as called shat darshanas philosophy given by jaimini philosophy given by kanad jaimini philosophy given by patanjali philosophy given by vedvyas like that many many philosophers are also there so if you go by logic it's difficult if you go by vedas shruti it is difficult but if you go by munis that is also difficult because they have different opinions 
then how to understand the real understanding, the real meaning of religion, real meaning of the Vedas. Then again, Mahabharata says, Tarko Patishtha Shruto Vivina Nasha Vini Yasevatam Navina Dharma Satatvam Nihitam Guhaya Mahajano Yene Gatasapanta. That means what is the real meaning of religion? So religion is not different from spirituality as we have discussed. Sometimes people have this understanding, okay, I'm a religious person, but I'm not. I'm a spiritual person, but I'm not religious. So actually it's not that a person, if you want to be a spiritual person, he she should, she should go away from religion. No, it is not the correct understanding. That's what generally this, the people in today's time, those who are little educated or so-called intelligent people, they shun away from religion. But that is not the real fact. Actually, spirituality is the core of every religion. The purpose of every religion is to make you understand about God. They are the ultimate, ultimate cause and everything. So they may not tell explicitly everything in all the religions, but ultimately the goal is the person should move towards God. If a person is right now, is step X towards, is, uh, is like somehow the other right now is 100 steps away from the God. Somehow the other, the 100 can we make, can we make 99 or 90 like that. This is the ultimate goal of every religion. Those who are there, bona fide religion. How a person goes, somehow they are near to God. So, uh, you cannot understand like this. Then what, what is the process? Dharma satattam nihitam gohayam. This is the confidential secret of what is dharma. Is there in the heart of Mahajan. Mahajano yene gata sapanta. That means there are Mahajanas, there are authorities in the field of uh, spiritual knowledge. Just like we have authorities in every field of knowledge. Similarly in spirituality also. It's not that what I think will be true. Most of the times people have this understanding. As for my understanding, this is, this is absolute truth. As for my understanding, this is true. As for my understanding, this is this should be correct thing. But the first thing what we understand, if you really want to understand spiritual spirituality and real meaning of religion, that we cannot understand things as per my own opinion. Because my opinion can be wrong also. Most of the times it is biased, it is limited. So we have to accept authorities. That is the first thing. And authorities will never say anything which is contradictory. We It may appear contradictory to our limited senses, but actually it is not like that. So we need a guide, we need a teacher, we need a bona fide authority who will tell us what is the real meaning of religion. So just like cause and effect analysis also. If you go by your own understanding, that's why uh, you see people will always try to find out some or the other, those are not atheist class of people. Can I prove there is no God? Can I prove that there is no absolute cause or whatever it may be? It's not the person. Actually, it's a light or it's like a, a, it's a group of chemicals or something like that. Always they're trying to prove that. And that's why uh, they sometimes get bewildered also because they find something. They tell this is the ultimate cause. Well, ultimately, they'll find there is some more cause. There is a cause behind that also. So it's bewildering. Actually, it's bewildering for everyone. But when a person approaches the authority, the Vedas, then you will get everything from the bona fide authority system. Yes, this is the proper understanding, his ultimate cause and how he can his ultimate, his ultimate cause that also is very nicely described in our Vedic literature. So it is not blind faith, it is not sentiment, it is not that just we are understanding, we are following because we are followers of Vishnu, that's why we tell Vishnu supreme, you are followers of Shiva, so we tell Shiva is supreme, you are followers of uh, some other demigods, so you say that supreme, no. It is not like that. When we say something, we have proper backup, knowledge, proper understanding, philosophical, uh, authority system, everything. We, after that, we are telling. We are not telling on the basis of some sentiment. No. And no, we should not be. 
those who are following Prabhupada says those are followers of Krishna consciousness movement, those who are following this uh, Krishna consciousness philosophy. It is not that we should always remain like, okay, uh, somehow the other I, uh, Prabhuji has told, let me believe. No, uh, that's a good thing. Prabhuji has told, you should believe. But you should have a proper understanding of that. Tomorrow someone comes and tells you, can you, what, how can you prove that Krishna is God? And he tells some this thing, that thing, then you will be confused. <laughs> so that's why reading Prabhupada's books are very, very important. If a person is not reading books, Prabhupada, Prabhupada's books, for him it will be very, very difficult to develop full faith in Krishna's words and Prabhupada's words. <coughs> so these two words will find in the Vedas, God as well as absolute truth. So generally, Prabhupada says the God, the meaning God uh, has, you know, that's why the, in our scriptures, uh, Bhagavan is the word this being used and Ishwara, this word is also used for to denote God. And generally, the word God is also, or Ishwara is being, means to interpret it or to exhibit the person as controlling something, as a controlling power. That's why God is controller, Ishwara, that means he's controller. And he controls something. So that's why you find in some of the places in Vedic scriptures, some power, sometimes powerful personality is also called as Bhagavan. If you read Bhagavatam, sometimes Narad Muni is also called as Bhagavan. Vedvya is also called as Bhagavan. And uh, even Lord Shiva is also called as Bhagavan. So many, many places find Bhagavan, what is being used for, for uh, some of the personalities who was even other than Krishna. In Bhagavad Gita, throughout the word, it is throughout Bhagavad Gita, it is told Shri Bhagavan Vacha, Shri Bhagavan Vacha, throughout Bhagavad Gita. But in Bhagavad Gita, you will see the Bhagavan word is being used for Narad Muni also and other sages also. That means Prabhupada says sometimes the great personality or powerful personality is also called as Bhagavan because they are controller. They are controlled something. And that's the definition of uh, Parasar Muni says about Bhagavan. As far as the Samagra, Sabiriya, Sajasya, that means Bhagavan means who has everything in full. That is Supreme Lord. But otherwise, those who are controlling, they are also called as Bhagavan. Just like uh, if you, you should take example of controller. So just like in a, in a state, there is a CM. So CM is also controller. So he also can be called as Bhagavan in that context, context of the state. In the state is like Bhagavan because he is controlling in that state everything. But as we understand, although he is the most powerful person in the state, there is something more powerful him, more powerful than him. It's called as PM. And then if you go further, more powerful than PM is maybe some other, uh, when you talk about international level, there can be some other personality is more powerful than PM also. Like that, when you go to universal level, there are demigods. They are also powerful. We have sun god, moon god, and uh, many, many uh, other demigods are there. Durga is also very, very powerful, Durga Devi. So all these personalities are also called as Bhagavan, which denotes that they are controlling something. They have controlling power. That's why Prabhupada says the conception of God and the conception of absolute truth is not on the same platform. There is a difference between them. And the difference is God can be, sometimes God is called as controller also. But when you talk about absolute truth, absolute truth is actually something different. And that's why you will find this particular statement in the Vedic literatures. Uh, as we understand Vedic literature, Vedas are full of knowledge, a vast body of knowledge. 
and generally puranas and upanishad talks about bhagwan they talks about a lot word bhagwan the word bhagwan is being used ishwara is being used but when you talk about the crux of entire vedic knowledge that is called as vedanta sutra vedanta sutra is basically the the samam vedam is knowledge and anta means end so the ant of knowledge is called as vedanta and vedanta sutra has is compiled there are some 555 aphorisms are there which are very very philosophically they are full of philosophy in prabhupada writes in the one aphorism you can write millions of books to to explain the meaning of one aphorism of vedanta sutra so vedanta sutra actually talks about what is the absolute cause and everything and it talks about not only talks about what is the absolute god it also talks about what is his feature and that's why we find this aphorism called as janmad yasyata it is in vedanta sutra that means absolute cause is something which is the cause of everything that's why this the word has been used in uh, scriptures about absolute truth is param satya or uh, parameshwara param brahma param vastu like that param tatva these kind of words are being used in the vedic literature to denote the absolute truth and the shrimad bhagavatam specifically talks about this thing and vedanta vedanta sutra basically shrimad bhagavatam is natural commentary of vedanta sutra so when vedanta sutra says what is the ultimate cause of this this world and that is actually natural tendency also of living entity we want to find out cause of what is happening just like uh, generally we uh see this there's a airplane crash or something is happening and uh, if they want to know what is the cause they they something called as i think black box if i'm not wrong black box which is uh, which basically contains the conversation towards the end that the plane was actually crashing so that ultimately they should come to know why the plane crashed and they want to know the reason behind that and that is the ultimate that's that is a reason, that is the reason science is also working if really scientists who's working they are their real purpose is to know what is the cause so that is a real uh, the the quest of a living entity if you intelligent person then what is the cause of everything what is the ultimate cause and how this world is working how things are moving in such a way and who is the person who is doing everything just like we discussed in other session also many people they saw apple falling but most of them they pick the apple they eat that they never ask who why this apple is falling down why is going up why is not going up but einstein was the person who who asked this question why is apple falling down why is not going up and that we have understanding the theory of uh, gravity and whatever we don't understand so this is very important thing to understand that how things are working in this world and who is the one who is taking care of that and this quest this the questions of all this the, the we find this question in vedanta sutra it talks about very nicely what is the ultimate truth what is the ultimate goal and how to achieve it so about this uh, absolute cause pashimat bhagavatam gives answer vedanta sutra says janmad yasyata that means absolute truth is the one from which everything emanates and which is not changeable nobody can change absolute truth and this and that's why bhagavad gita is very very important book bhagavad gita also talks about the same thing if you talk about if you read bhagavad gita the the four most important verses of the, there is called chatushloki bhagavad gita in i think 
8 9 10 11 these verses this is called chaturshloki bhagavad gita the one of the four most verses of bhagavad gita where krishna talks about answering this question vedanta is talking janmadiyasyata what is a the absolute truth this one from which everything is emanating and krishna replies to this question in bhagavad gita aham sarvasya prabhavo matta sarvam pravartate that means i am the source of everything so what is our, what is the meaning of that that vedan sutra is asking about question that what is absolute truth and krishna is talking about i am the absolute truth aham sarvasya pravaho matta sarvam pravartate iti matva vajante mam buddha bhava samanvita directly krishna is telling that i am the source of everything also he says uh, i am adhirhi devanam i am the source of all the demigods all this material energy is my energy so actually bhagavad gita is you see nothing it is nothing else but it, it many times talk about krishna is talking about himself sorry you will see many times this word me mom so many times krishna is using bhagavad gita in order to make us understand that first of all he is a personality he is not some light he is not some impersonal he is a personality and secondly most important thing is he is the cause of everything and that he has shown also arjuna in the form of universal that how actually this material manifestation nothing but one of the expansion of lord himself so everything becomes very very clear uh, easy and uh, very we can understand very clearly and very easily we can understand when we take knowledge from this bona fide sampradaya bona fide uh, acharyas and that say all of them accepted this fact that krishna is a pre personality godhead and he is the cause of everything and if he is a he is the cause of everything then what is his what is his nature if absolute truth is the cause of everything what is the nature of absolute truth he is a person or is he impersonal or he does not he is he is some light or he is some atom uh, what he is actually ultimately what he is that also is mentioned that means he is uh, he knows everything the words is mentioned in shrimad bhagavatam that he is he is not that he is not knowing everything he is knower of everything not only of this world he is knower of everything what is happening in this material world spiritual world in fact each and every atom what is happening krishna is aware he is there in the, in the form of parmatma he is there everywhere so he is swarat and he knows everything swarat means is independent he is not dependent on anything else and we have uh, statements of other scriptures as well brahma sahita also says ishvara param among all the ishvara as i told ishvara means controller so there can be many many controller as well so but brahma ji is telling ishvara parama krishna among all the ishwaras you see there are many many ishwaras but among all the ishwara ishvara parama krishna sachidananda vitra ishvara parama krishna krishna is parameshwara supreme ishvara and sachidananda vitra he is a form he is not formless he has a form and this form is not material form this form is spiritual form which is made of sachidananda full of bliss full of eternity and full of knowledge sachidananda vigra anadiradi govinda sarv karana karanam that means he there is no cause of him anadi and he is adi he is the cause of everything he is the, from the beginning govinda sarv karana karanam again rama ji is telling that he is the cause of everything sarv karana karanam so like that uh, if you go to brahma sahita we have understood bhagavad gita we have understood. let's talk about bhagavatam bhagavatam also when if you read bhagavatam second canto it comes when brahma ji is speaking to lord shiva uh, lord krishna and krishna is talking about 
giving transferring this knowledge to brahma ji and brahma ji just like there are four shloka in four verses in bhagavad gita actually the original bhagavatam the bhagavatam what we are he right now reading it has 18000 verses but the original bhagavatam which was spoken by lord krishna to brahma that was only of four verses that is called as chatur shloki bhagavatam you will find this thing in second canto and this four verses brahma ji krishna told to brahma ji and then brahma ji further expanded he told to narada then narada told to vyas like that finally it has got 18000 verses so this four verses got got more nicely explained by devotees and now it is 18000 verses and in that four verses which are the original bhagavatam the first verse again talks about the same thing that aham eva samay vagre krishna sharing to uh, lord brahma aham eva samay vagre i am the first i am the one i am the one who was there from the beginning and the further he goes on to goes on to say that i am the one who was there in the beginning i am the one who is there right now in the middle and i'll be the person who will be going to be there till the end so he is telling that i am the creator i am the maintainer in one sense i am the annihilator also after that also i'll be there everywhere so from different sources and sources we can understand we can understand the scriptures we can understand through shastras we can understand through the mahajanas from the learned person from authorities from acharyas ultimately everything except this fact that the ultimate cause is a person and that person is not a material being like we like us he is a person definitely is a person but not a person like us he is a person who is beyond this material creations beyond matter and his body is not subject to, to, to subject to material miseries what we see in this material world so uh, we have this proper understanding that absolute cause is different from the conception of god the one god talks about only uh, controller part but if a person has proper understanding that who is ultimate controller for him everything is same but generally we don't see that's why this demigod worship has come come up and this is the one of the very uh, one of the reason that's why uh, people are becoming atheist it is actually another form of atheism that a person not able to accept what is the supreme personality of god so absolute truth is called as param satya also param brahma also param tatva also so prabhupada writes the conception of god indicate the controller whereas the conception of absolute truth indicate the summum bonum or the ultimate source of all the energies which are there in the material and spiritual world so they are not same but they are different so whenever we uh no understand about god so we should also know this fact very 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 nicely that everyone has a role to play even demigods are also have a role to play that's why those who believe those who believe in impersonal form of the lord or they say ultimately god is does not have any person or those are philosophers philosophers or of uh, mayavadi so the, for them even demigod does not exist they have understanding that these all demigods and lord shiva brahma narad whatever is there it is a kind of imaginative imaginations so you can imagine your own form you can imagine a form of uh, no vishnu you can imagine form of uh, shiva or durga or surya whatever it may be and accordingly you can meditate on them ultimately nobody none of them exists and they are like ladders suppose you want to go to fifth floor you can use a ladder once you reach the fifth floor you can kick away the ladder 
So actually, they don't even respect demigod's position. Also, they don't believe. In fact, there is demigod. But the Western understanding is different. Western understanding is no. There is demigod. Demigods are the controllers. They are being properly authorized by the supreme personality Godhead, and to execute their particular duties, they are being given powers also. But these powers are also coming from the supreme personality Godhead only. They have this understanding. They don't think that when uh, some demigod is doing some very very uh, very uh, some act which is very very wondering, so he is not bewildered that the demigod is supreme personality. No, the, dem the devotee understands that this person, this demigod, is getting his power from the supreme personality Godhead, and ultimately. Supreme Personality Godhead is the controller who is controlling everything. So we, all of us, we give due respect also to demigod. It is not that when we sometimes say that we should not worship demigod, it does not mean we should not give respect to demigod. In fact, we should give respect to everyone. In fact, anyone in this material world is held is holding some position. In material world is in, holding some position. We should give respect to everyone. We should not falsely think that now I become a devotee, I will not give respect to. Uh, is a karmi or is a no? Why should I give respect to him? No, we should give respect to everyone because Krishna said Bhagavad Gita also the same thing. Yad yad mat Shrimat that means if a person is having some particular special power or potency, whatever it may be, it is exhibition of my energy. So let's say a person is PM of country, so he has got this power. So the power is the exhibition of Krishna's energy only. So we should give respect to everyone, but due respect. Not that we should uh, give him respect in the level of Guru and Krishna. We cannot give him the respect to the level of Guru and Krishna. But definitely we should give him due respect. So, if a person is not respecting other living entities, thinking that they are karmis, so actually he is not properly understood the philosophy of Krishna consciousness. Our philosophy is not to give respect, what to speak of giving respect to karmi. Our philosophy is to respect to everyone. Even an ant also we should give respect. So, uh, one should not become an arrogant after becoming a devotee. Rather, you should become more humble and compassionate towards other living entities that somehow that I have got this knowledge. Let me give this to others also. They are right now suffering in this world. Let me become a nice instrument so that at least they can somehow understand what is the uh, real meaning of Krishna consciousness. So, there is understanding of a devotee. But uh, not that let me become more puffed up that now I am devotee, I am chanting 16 rounds, I am reading. These are karmis, they don't know anything. They are all you know, uh, foolish people and all these things. No, we don't have any right to speak like this. Acharyas can do that. We cannot do that. We were also in one of that condition. But Acharyas, they have given us this understanding. Because of that, today we are able to at least uh, distinguish that what is correct and what is not correct. So we should give respect to and That's why demigod also, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself, when he was in the tour of South India, he went to some demigod temple also. Even North India also, he went to some demigod temple. So he paid his obeisances there as well. Even Prabhupada also. He paid his obeisances to demigod also. So it's not that we disrespect demigod. We give respect to demigod, proper respect to demigod. Just like uh, it is mentioned in Krishna, what Prabhupada said that this gopis uh, also, but they were worshipping Katyani Devi. Not that they were thinking that Katyani Devi is supreme personality. They were worshipping so that they can ask a boon from Katyana Devi that uh, she can give him Krishna as their husband. So yes, demigods can be approached even, but the approach can be, can let me become a nice devotee of Krishna. But Mayavadi, the, the one, the people, they understand that there is no God or God does not have any form. It does not believe, they don't believe in any of the, even demigods also. 
So actually, devotees are the Deshnavas are the real believer and real uh, devotees who give respect to demigods. Otherwise, in personal don't take, don't give any respect to demigods also. So that's why Vaishnava philosophy is the perfect philosophy. How to understand God? What is the difference between God and living entities? And what is the difference between material world and spiritual world? What is absolute truth? What is God? What is controller? What is the portion of demigod? What is the portion of different living entities all over the world? All over the universes, different, different universes. Then we can understand through Western philosophy. So this is the, uh, the, the God, the concept of God and the concept of the absolute truth. Both are not same. Both are different. A God is controller who can be in this material world also. Relative controller. I can control a house. I can control a building. I can control a country. I can control a universe, but I cannot control everything. But the supreme, the supreme cause or the absolute truth is the cause of everything, even the cause of so-called controller also. Both are different. And uh, this is about today's topic. And today is a very important day, as I told, to the incorporation day of ISKCON. And Prabhupada, uh, today we are able to discuss all this understanding about God, absolute truth, Vidyas, Vedic literature, Vedanta Sutra. How is it? Because if someone like Srila Prabhupada who took all this trouble at the age of 70 years, went to Western countries, established this movement, took a lot of trouble, everything. And today because of his uh, mercy, because of so much of hard work he has done, of the living entities like us, those who are uh, actually taking only advantage of his hard work, we are able to understand this. So there is a small video in this regard. Uh, although it's not a, a video uh, of properly being uh, made for this purpose. This is a short clip of some particular session, but it talks about how scorn was formed. It's a small video, five minutes video, all of you can see. And it is by His Grace Chantalapati Prabhu, who is a senior vice president of Scorn Bangalore. So he's narrating how scorn was formed and what was the situation that time and how Prabhupada arranged money. There was no money at all that time. Actually, absolutely no money Prabhupada had, but he, he made his international society. This is also a very important thing. When Prabhupada was actually forming this, he was thinking what should be the name of this institute. So some Prabhupada suggested ISKCON, International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Somebody suggested Prabhupada that why don't you keep name as International Society for God Consciousness? Because God is more appearing to people and more people can, can be connected when I can we keep this name Internet Society for God Consciousness? So Prabhupada says, very nice. Prabhupada says, no. As soon as I, as soon as I use this word God, then all hotspots will happen. Because God, when you God will come. This God will come. That word God will come. He will claim I am also God. This is also God. So, no. I don't want this hotspots. I know who is God. And that's why I want that everyone should follow that God. And that's why he kept his con. Internet Society for Krishna Consciousness. Not that God Consciousness. Krishna consciousness include everything. It can include God consciousness also. So that's why Capri's name is ISKCON, Internet Society for Krishna Consciousness. So let us see this video, how this uh, was formed and how much struggle Prabhupada actually did so that he can uh, form this. Oh, sorry. My voice was low. Somebody has commented. My voice was Low. It is still low or it's, it's, it's okay? 
अच्छा एम सॉरी ओके सो लेट मी शो यू दिस वीडियो so this is as i told it is not it is a video made out of uh, entire lecture so uh, there are small clips are there so please you can see understand October of 1963 Shri Prabhupada had prepared this document he called it the league of devotees and the second line it says incorporated in united states proper is in brindavan he is not gone to america but he was already thinking that this should be incorporated in the united states the name of the society is league of devotees inc and then it says The registered office of the society is situated at Washington, USA, or at New York, USA. <coughs> Prabhupada would later on also recollect that how he was going from one place to another place, not clear, not having any certainty where he would be. Prabhupada, a highly respected gentleman, a sannyasi, in back home in Vrindavan, all the all the different religious organizations recognize Prabhupada as a very, a very uh, realized, very scholarly, very sincere, a great saintly devotee, a sannyasi, respected sannyasi. But here, Prabhupada is in Manhattan. uh in this kind of a situation where the host does not want him to be not very comfortable to have him i think this is one of the very very uh significant moments uh of shila prabhupad in the early days in new york uh not having a proper residence mike introduces Sony and then the landlord says can we see the place and they open the door he has a big key bunch and unlocks and opens the door and they see it's an empty opens open store front and there was a, a some kind of a gift store and so on the glass it had big lettering matchless gifts and uh, the advantage mike saw was that this is right on the ground floor and opening into the street so that more people can come the next question was carl asked what is the rent for this place so the landlord says the rent is uh, 100 dollars a month so swamiji looks at uh, him and he says uh, these two 
Mike and Carl. They are members of my society and they pay a monthly fee of $21. And I want you also to become a member of my society. Mike is thinking, what? Society? Member? I'm not any member. But then he's thinking, okay, Swamiji is actually you know, talking about something. And then he lets Swamiji do the talk. And then Swamiji has brought the three books, the Bhagavata. He opens from his back and he hands over the books and says, I want you also to become a member and pay a $21. And so, and you don't have to pay anything actually. You become a member, these books are for you, and we will deduct that $21 from the monthly rent that we have to pay. You know, he didn't have much to say and he's sort of accepting the offer very graciously. And on 1st of July, the Srila Prabhupada occupies this place and very soon starts conducting. This is a big hall and open to the street. A lot of people can come. It is more accessible, more visible, much better than 94 Bavri. And so Prabhupada starts conducting. And so one morning on 13th of July, Srila Prabhupada is speaking early morning, 7 a.m. lecture. And there are a few young followers. And then he has the, he's talking and the lawyer comes there with the papers. And he's sitting on a ledge there and waiting for the class to get over. And then at the end of the class, uh, Prabhupada invites. So here we have the lawyer, uh, so-and-so, please come forward. And uh, as you all know, we are going to start this uh, society. And he has brought the papers. And I want some of you to sign and give your name. Mike, can you give your name? And, and all of them, they are all young uh, followers and they want to help Swamiji. And Swamiji wants some help and we will help him. We will, he, we will put our signature. So the papers are distributed among a few of them. They all sign and they become members of the society and then the lawyer takes those things and then gets the thing incorporated and that is how the International Society for Krishna Consciousness was founded and this happened on 13th of July 1966 and after that many many more temples began to happen expand and now we have the wonderful movement that Srila Prabhupada created, International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Hare Krishna. So that's how you can see this is called as Acharya. Prabhupada is in Vrindavan. I am struggling to produce and buy for your digital marketing campaigns. Are you struggling to scale your campaigns profitably? The general claim goes to the... So Prabhupada is in Vrindavan and he is forming a, a league of devotees and the address what he is giving is of New York. <laughs> and he is already, uh, you can see the kind of potency Prabhupada had. It is not actually easy. It is not humanly possible to do what Prabhupada has done. They should think over it. So Prabhupada has done that. He went there without any resistance and a lot of trouble. 
and uh, does not have enough money, shelter, although yes, definitely transcendental is dependent on the Supreme Lord, but materially speaking, that there was no material calculations were involved. How Prabhupada will do? But that is a special of a pure devotee that he has faith on Lord's words that Lord will protect and that's what we see. So all of us today, those who are in touch with this movement, they are very, very important day. And Prabhupada established this is con. Prabhupada says, this con is my body. This con is my body. So this movement is Prabhupada's body. So all of us, those who are part of this Prabhupada's movement, actually we are part of Prabhupada's body also. So all of us should try to serve as much as possible. It is not that I am part of this body and I'll simply take advantage of it. Then I cannot survive for more for a longer period. So let us try to serve as much as possible. Prabhupada has created a movement. He has created a revolution all over the world. And all of us are part of that. One thing is we can simply somehow the other see what can I do for myself? What can I, uh, somehow I can manage my thing. I don't worry about others. I don't care about what Prabhupada is telling other things. No. Prabhupada is very much desired. All of us should preach this message all over the world. That is Prabhupada's desire. And Prabhupada also said that nobody can repay the debt of spiritual master. But spiritual master become very much pleased when a disciples try to serve him wholeheartedly. So Prabhupada then also said that if at all you feel if at all you feel indebted to me, then preach rigorously like me. Then I will feel very, very nice. So all of us should preach very, very nicely. And for that, before preaching anyone else, we should try to preach ourselves. So how can I preach ourselves when we are, we ourselves are convinced, when we ourselves are following all the instruction very, very nicely. We are chanting, we are reading, we are hearing, everything we are doing very, very nicely. We are doing that, then we can get the potency to preach. Otherwise, we ourselves are not doing, and then we are going out to preach, may not survive for a long period. So, yes, we have to follow everything sincerely, very nicely, Prabhupada's instruction, and then we should try to give this message to more and more people. And then we can see that we will transcendentally we will get guided by Srila Prabhupada, his transcendental instructions by his books and everything. Everything is there available. There is no dearth of association. There is no dearth of knowledge. Everything is there. Just you have to sincerely dedicate to a spiritual master and then spiritual master will tell everything. It is just that somehow because we don't live in devotee association, we don't develop that much faith. You can develop little bit faith in Krishna and then uh, sometime if you are more fortunate, we can do some service also. But what Prabhupada is ex expecting from us is not only this. It is something else. We are not simply a part of uh, some gathering. There's some people are gathering in one. No, we are part of a, of a movement. Movement means activities are happening continuously. Many things are happening everyday basis in this place. So how can I become part one of them and I can also make my life successful? Then you will see that you are not only beneficiary. You are actually, just like Prabhupada was telling, these are my members of the society, although they were not aware of anything. But eventually, later on, they all of them became very nice devotees. They served Prabhupada wholeheartedly. So... In this day, and it is also very another one of the very auspicious day. One of the Acharya Sanatan Goswami, who is the elder brother of Rupa Goswami and direct disciple of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, disciple of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. His disappearance is also there today. So, uh, Sanatan Goswami, Rupa Goswami, all these they are one of the six Goswamis. 
and today's Vrindavan, what we see actually excavated by them only. So he's he's this appearance is also there today. Today's Guru Purnima also. So it was a very auspicious year. The scones are in all scones day, which is actually scholar was established. Guru Purnima, Sanatan Goswami's appearance, disappearance day, and uh, right. So <clears throat> So let us not waste our life. Let us dedicate our life for service of Lord. Many, many lives we have taken and many lives we will take in future also. So instead of wasting our time and life, let us serve as much as possible and become this part of this movement which is eternal for next 10,000 years. Prabhupada said this movement will be there to serve. After that, we know what we don't know what will happen. <laughs> People will, like, will become like animals. So that and all detail we don't know, but what we do right now is this. We are very, very fortunate. So let us follow instruction of Prabhupada very seriously. And this one life we have got, Lord, just let us not waste for son's gratification. Let us utilize this one life for serving Lord. Let us not get entangled in this material world. Because the attachments is the cause of bondage. Attachments are the cause of, cause of bondage. And attachment to this material world is the cause of bondage. Attachment to Krishna is the cause of liberation. So human life is not meant for getting attached. The intelligent person should understand. That's why animal cannot understand that I'm getting entangled. But a human being can understand by doing this act, I'm going to get entangled. So how can I save myself? I'm not get, not to get entangled in this material world and liberate myself as well as everyone else in this material world. Otherwise, many people, they take a birth in this world every day. They die also every day. Just like many dogs also take birth, three dogs, dogs also dying every day. Human beings are also taking birth. Human beings are also dying every day. But human beings can stop this cycle. Dogs cannot stop this cycle. So that's why we are supposed to be, uh, Prabhupada says, uh, that, that human being is supposed to be a rational animal. So if rationality is not there, then we are animals. 